Water from space. Millions of crabs. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my story this week is space news. This is from The Guardian. Meteorite that landed in Cotswolds may solve mystery of Earth's water. Just kind of a, it's a little, it might be a misleading headline. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't, it's not like that definitive, but it does offer some clues. Seems like Um, a big deal. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so this is a 4.6 billion year old rock that crashed into a driveway in, uh, Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire, I should know, I should have practiced this first, (laughs) Gloucestershire, I think, is that how that's pronounced? I'm sure somebody from the UK would correct It's probably like Gloucestershire or something. Yeah, it's like like Gloucestershire, yeah. (laughs) Like Gloucestershire. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It probably is. Gloucestershire. Um, Luckily, that's the only time I have to say it. Um, So it hit a driveway there last year, and it's provided some of the most compelling evidence to date that water arrived on Earth from asteroids in the outer solar system. Ooh. Um, They call this rock the Winchcombe Meteorite, one of the most pristine available for analysis. Um, Hmm. It offers scientists a glimpse back through time to the original composition of the solar system. Ooh. Wow. Um, So the prevailing theory right now is that the Earth was barren when it was formed, uh, since the inner region of the solar system is too hot for water to condense, or was at that time. Uh, Scientists think that the water could have arrived at Earth later, raining down in icy meteoroids and large impacts. Um, however, there are some competing theories, including that water was brought on comets or other similar bodies. And this hmm. latest analysis uh, adds weight to that theory, um, specifically that asteroids made a leading contribution to water on Earth. Uh, and they said that most of this meteorite was recovered just hours after it uh, lit up the sky in the UK in February of 2021. I'm trying to remember if we actually talked about this meteorite or not, because it sounded familiar but uh, like I don't the fact remember. that it hit, that it hit like two years ago, basically. Mm. Um, but they like they were able to find it like almost as soon as it landed, which is very very rare for meteorites. Hmm. Um, so this is the first ever carbonaceous chondrite meteorite to have been found in the UK. Um, that's the oldest class of meteorites that is like age wise, not just like we came up with it the longest ago. Um, oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying is, that. Yes, because that confused me at first, too. Um, so it contains materials that were present during the formation of the solar system. Um, wow. So it's very old. Uh, crucially, it was collected within hours of being detected before any rainfall and analyzed almost immediately, which makes it a rare, uncontaminated specimen. Hmm. Um, it was also recorded by 16 dedicated meteor cameras, which are apparently a thing, um, as well as numerous... Didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, as well as numerous doorbell and dash cam videos. Um, and with all of that, like, video evidence, they were able to accurately, like, track its trajectory, like, where it came from in the solar system, because they had so much video evidence of it falling. Cool. Um, which is, again, very rare for meteorites. We usually, they kind of fall somewhere and then are found later, and we don't actually mm-hmm. ever see them uh, mm-hmm. falling. So they are... Th- 
theorizing that uh, it came from an asteroid body somewhere near Jupiter, based on that trajectory, um, and the ratio of hydrogen isotopes in the water, um, in the not in the water, in the meteorite, <laughs> uh, that's a typo in, on their part. Uh, <laughs> of hydrogen isotopes in the meteorite also closely resembles the composition of water on Earth. That is to say, like the isotopes of hydrogen on this meteorite are very similar to the ones in the ocean. Um, so hmm. that's how they're making the connection that like this might be how water came from space. The isotopes of hydrogen. Yeah, isn't that like hydrogen has isotopes? I didn't realize it could either, but... Uh, oh, man, I'm going to get into an area of, like, that I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. I, <laughs> I didn't think hydrogen had isotopes. I thought to, to have isotopes, doesn't it have to have, like, a varying number of, partic- like, subparticles? Yeah. Is that part of it? It's, like, different... Yes, the subparticles in the atom, like, the neutrons and... Yeah, it's, like... Because I think the number of protons for a given element is defined, but like the number of neutrons can vary. Is that the right number? It's like something like that. It's a yeah, protons it's and something elect- like that. The protons, and, protons electrons and electrons are elect- fixed, and then the neutrons. I and think, then the can neutrons vary. can be different. I, I think don't. it has to be that because the protons and electrons are like crucial to the right, and they have to be balanced. Right. right? I thought. Oh my gosh! It's been so long since it's I've done chemistry. So I don't know. I just. Long. I just didn't. <laughs> someone's gonna correct me because it's like I just don't know what I'm talking. I'm not a chemist, <laughs> but for some reason I didn't know hydrogen could have isotopes because it's only like yeah. No, I guess anything can have an I isotope. I guess it could, yeah, because it's if just, it's just different. It just has one proton and one electron. Yeah, right? is that that's right. right? Right? Yes, yes. It only has one of each. <laughs> I'm like thing. saying all this stuff and then just realizing no, I haven't right, thought right, about right. this in like a decade. <laughs> same. No, <laughs> I, exactly the same. But like, it only it has one of each. But I guess it, if it has like an extra new Tron or something? Would that be an isotope then? Yeah, I guess. I guess maybe. Okay, yeah. But let, let's should, go back to the. We should stop I'm sorry. talking before I'm we sorry. before we say something horribly I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I brought us on this tangent. Oh, that it's okay. I don't even know. I'm all, I'm but. digging. I'm down here in the hole with you, just digging. <laughs> <this deeper. laughs> okay. I don't know why, but sometimes it's just fun to talk about things that I don't know anything about. <laughs> sorry, everyone who's listening. Uh, go ahead. Continue on okay. with the story, Anthony. Uh, well, that's. Most of it. Um, they said that this meteorite also contained extraterrestrial amino acids, um, which are prebiotic molecules that are the fundamental building blocks for the origin of life. So, like, not only could these asteroids have played a role in, like, starting, wa- like, water on Earth, it also could have a role in the, like, the beginning of life as well. Not this asteroid in particular, but, like, asteroids like it could have been the, re- like, the spark for for life on Mm -hmm. earth which is kind of cool that is cool maybe a tardigrade came to earth on an asteroid maybe they've been around for it's and it was it's probably still here somewhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's probably it's still here the original one the original tardigrade okay my story is animal news This is from IndianExpress.com, and the headline is Red Crab Annual Migration Begins on Australia's Christmas Island. Yay! Yay! (laughs) The crabs are moving. The crabs are moving. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have we talked about this on the podcast before? I think we might have. It sounds familiar. Yeah. I think we might have, like, 
but not last year, maybe like multiple years ago, potentially. It's it's impossible to say. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never, um, there's, there's no, no way, way we could note. look that up. Um, <laughs> um, so, if you have not heard about this before, um, this is an annual event. Um, millions of red crabs in Australia's Christmas Island have begun their annual migration. According to the island's website, millions of red crabs traverse to the ocean every year during this time to breed, taking over the roads, streams, rocks, and beaches. This migration is also a tourist attraction, bringing in nature lovers from across the globe to see it. Uh, Video shared by Reuters shows the crawling red crabs crossing roads, bridges, and fields as part of their journey. The red crabs set out from their shelters all at the same time and head towards the ocean to mate and spawn. The migration is led by male crabs, and the female crabs join along the way. I don't know why that is. Also, this is super interesting. Mm. The exact timing of the migration and the speed of their movement are influenced by the phase of the moon. Like, the crabs decide to come out before dawn on a receding high tide during the moon's last quarter. Like, that's when they, like, come out. What? How do they know? (laughs) These crabs are telling time with the moon? Yeah, apparently. They somehow know by... that. That's, like, how they... Yeah, I don't know if they can, like, sense what time, what phase it is. Like, I, I don't know, but... Yeah, wow. Yeah. I think that's... I don't know, I just thought that was super fascinating. Oh, huh, yeah. Um, the other thing I thought was cool was that this... Um, the island has built wildlife bridges over their roads to oh. help the crabs. So, I know... Like, I think we might have talked about this even before. Like, they... In the U.S., they have discussed doing bridges like that in certain places like California or different places where there's certain animals that need to be able to just, like, walk and travel over long distances as part of their natural roaming habitat mm-hmm. um, behaviors. Well, this island's actually done it for these crabs, for the migration. So I actually have a picture of a, one of those, these bridges, and I just, just thought it was cool. Like, the it has this, like, mesh... I don't know, looks like a mesh kind of material and they can like climb up and like go across and it's, and so they can like get across the highway or whatever, like without, um, Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Over. And there they are. <laughs> and there they are. You see them? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just going to be the bridge, but there's a bunch of crabs on it too. <laughs> nope. There are crabs on the bridge. <laughs> it's nice to see that they can use it. <laughs> yeah. Here's another close up picture of just like, so you can see like how many there are like oh, wow. in one place. Like that is a lot of crabs. Yep. It's, yeah, the photos of this event are pretty, like, incredible, to be honest. It's just, like, wow. Yeah, you don't usually see um, that much of one animal in one place. I know. that It's exactly, it's just, it's just yeah. It's, like, not something you see every day. Um, this article mentioned that world-renowned naturalist David Attenborough termed this annual migration as one of his greatest TV moments <laughs> And he's been quoted as saying that this migration is like a great scarlet curtain moving down the cliffs and rocks towards the sea. Very poetic. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the that's the story. So they're all they're on the move this week. And um, if you are in that area, you can go there and see them. But if you're in the U.S., you have to fly very far. But you still can yeah. go see them. But 
Yeah. You probably should leave now. <laughs> right, yeah. Hurry up. <laughs> They're on the move. <laughs> They're on the move. <laughs> the moon's already signaled their departure. <laughs> the moon's phases only last so long. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Gloucestershire. <laughs> Ready, set, go! go. I found this on the New York Times. Ooh, very fancy. Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, and the headline is, Lab-grown meat receives clearance from the FDA. Oh. So that's a big first step for That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's like the biggest hurdle they like that's what the article said is that like getting this clearance is probably the biggest hurdle for products that are seeking to go to market. Um but before I get ahead of myself, uh so yeah, the FDA uh cleared a California company, uh, they're called Upside Foods. Uh, they cleared their lab-grown chicken um, for, mm. like, human consumption, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is uh, putting lab-grown meat one step closer to restaurant menus and grocery stores in the U.S. Um, they said that it'll probably take months, uh, if not longer, before it actually reaches consumers because it also has to be cleared by the Department of Agriculture. Uh, but apparently that's, like, not as difficult as the FDA. So that's good. Hmm. Uh, All right. Uh, I think, like, mostly the it sounded like the Agricultural Department has to, like, define a process for, like, inspecting their factories, basically, because this is kind of unprecedented. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, the article also says for like nearly a decade, companies have been competing to bring the first lab-grown meat to the market. Uh, in a process often compared to brewing beer, animal cells are grown in a controlled environment, creating a product that is biologically identical to conventional meat. Um, but until now, it had only received regulatory approval in Singapore, which I think we also mm. talked about on the pod. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, sounds like they right. got some lab-grown chicken now, and they're gonna start. They're gonna. They this company Upside Foods says they want to offer it in restaurants first, um, before expanding before. to grocery stores. Okay, uh, that was gonna be my next question. Like, does it say if it'll be on grocery store shelves anytime soon? Yeah, not that I'm like excited to go buy it, <laughs> but I would try it definitely. Right? Yeah, I, I want to see if it how it compares. Um, and these like. The article mentioned how expensive lab-grown meat has historically been, but they didn't say mm -hmm. anything about, like, what they think this is going to cost. So, who knows? But hopefully, it, I mean, it'll probably be more expensive than regular meat, at least at first. Um, yeah. But if they can scale it up, like, it could become a decent competitor, and it's, like, way better for the environment. <laughs> yeah. And that's the that's the key to all this, right? It's like, okay. Right. Maybe we and it's, can. you know, better for animal welfare, too. Also that. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's like <laughs> we can get stuff that tastes good without all of those other, the negative repercussions of, of that. So Right. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll cool. be having some lab-grown meat. Maybe by the end of next year, even. It sounds like it could at least get approved by then. Wow. So. The future. 
the future is here. The future is now. <laughs> and, it is, and the future is grown in a lab. <laughs> okay, I found this on delish.com. Food news. This is very random. Uh, but a <laughs> headline is, this guy returned a $4.8 million check to Haribo, and all they gave him his return in return was gummies. What? <laughs> this guy... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to laugh. This guy in Germany found a check made out to the company Haribo. Like, you know Haribo gummies? Uh-huh. Like he found, he just found a check. He lying found around a check lying. Yes, he found for it like on a train. And it was made out for four point eight million dollars a check on a check. And it was like whoa! Like and so he contacted them and was like, "I found this check for millions of dollars for you." <laughs> and um, you know, they were like, "Just destroy the check." <laughs> He's like, "Okay," and then he just destroyed it, and then. <laughs> And then then they sent him, like, a thank you gift box of, like, six packs of Haribo products, I guess, which is just, like, Haribo gummies. (laughs) And then the reason this is in the news is because this guy was like, I should have gotten more of a reward than that. But the company is like, it's not like you could have, like, deposited the check or something. Like, it was made out to us. Yeah, like. Good job, but also, what did you expect? Like, it's not like you're giving them $5 million. I know! <laughs> and now he's he's been interviewed by news agencies telling them about this story and that, okay. quote, quote, I thought that was a bit cheap, that all he got was a box of Haripo products. I don't know why this is so funny to me. You should, like, yeah, you should be glad you got anything. All you did was, like, tear up a piece of paper. I know, you didn't do anything! <laughs> All they did was call them and say, hey, there's this check. I found a check for you for a lot of money. And then I'm sure that they like, whatever that was for had probably already been used or it was like rewritten or something. Right. If it was lost. As I assume it's like some kind of business expense, not like a crazy person writing them a $5 million. I want $5 million worth of gummies. Like, it was probably some, like, large grocery chain writing Haribo, like, a million, five million dollars of, like, here's our, what we owe you for supply, uh, gummies for the next year, supply or something. I have no idea. several (laughs) years. I don't know what the cost is. Um, anyway, that's, that's in the news. That made a news story. But it is delish. It's all food food news, you know. Yeah. They gotta cover it all. Haribo. Haribo gummies. (laughs) (laughs) hilarious alright that's our show thanks for listening everybody we post episodes every Friday and as always the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description you can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at at News, and on Instagram at News. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.